Welcome to the Niche Podcast, your weekly rundown of the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, less than spiffy SPACs, big brains, big money, malaria buzz, vaccines, tests, Series A, and Voyager gets a renewed lease on life. The views expressed on the Niche Podcast are those of the host and guests. They do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any organizations or companies with which they are affiliated. Special Purpose Acquisition Companies, SPACs, have been around in some form or another for a while. The basic idea is that a company is set up just to raise money and then uses that money to acquire an existing company that wants to go public. Historically, they play a relatively small role in the market. They counted for 0 to 14% of total IPO capital raised in the years of 2003 through 2016. And this wasn't a linear upward trajectory. It faded up and down. Then, in 2018, the number of SPACs in the U.S. began to rise to 46, then 59, then a whopping 248 in 2020. This year, there have been 461, and they accounted for 62% of U.S. IPOs. This week, allegations emerged that Ginkgo Bioworks, ticker DNA, has utilized questionable accounting to raise capital and maintain their value. We reported when Ginkgo announced plans to raise $2.5 billion through a SPAC back in May. That process was finalized in September. A portion of their $15 billion valuation was based on existing revenue streams and the promise of more to come. Now, certain whistleblowers are saying, hey, these numbers don't add up. Core to the allegations is that 72% of Ginkgo's reported revenue is from related parties. This is basically a financial loop where Ginkgo backs companies and those companies use Ginkgo's services with the money they or related parties invested, and that is then looped back into Ginkgo as revenue to shore up the sense of progress. There are a lot of other claims around this that make it sound a bit iffy. Whether these allegations will stand the test of time is yet to be determined. And of course, Scorpion Capital, the company making the allegations, holds a short position in Ginkgo. So maybe it's a big old cycle of everyone trying to make a buck. I'm certainly not the best source to evaluate the veracity of financial claims. What I can say is that science is extremely hard, and Ginkgo's fundamental claim at this point is that they've got the fast track to synthetic biology. We'll see. Perhaps a more pressing issue is a question. Is a market dominated by SPACs as the primary vehicle for companies to go public a safe or stable market? Numora Therapeutics has launched with $500 million in capital, including a $100 million strategic partnership with Amgen. This latest company, diving into the neuroscience space, is positioned to, and I quote, redefine neuroscience R&D. They plan to do this by bringing data-driven precision into their pipeline and presumably to the clinical development process. Specifically, the idea is that Numora can target patient populations. So it's not about identifying better drug candidates, but more precisely mapping candidates to patients. Amgen has provided major capital investment, but has also licensed several assets to Numora for development. Integrating multiple data streams to identify patient populations sounds enticing. My suspicion is there will be significant challenges ahead to actualize this approach into a clinical pipeline. One reason is that recruiting the right patients to clinical trials is perennially difficult. 
adding a multiplex data algorithm from numerous assets to inclusion exclusion criteria will be a meaningful obstacle. Conversely, without the convenience of biomarker testing, how are we going to advance precision medicine and neuroscience? We'll watch this effort to see what happens in 2022 and 23. The World Health Organization recommend broad deployment of GSK's malaria vaccine in sub-Saharan Africa this week. The mosquito-borne illness has a dramatic impact across the region and is particularly deadly to children, with more than a quarter million under the age of five dying to the disease annually. This is a major advancement in the treatment of malaria when, combined with other treatments, there's a 70% reduction in severe cases and death. Vaccines against parasites are notoriously challenging to create, so these lower numbers compared to, say, a COVID-19 vaccine are actually very difficult to achieve. It's a big move. However, this is probably not the last word on malaria. But with the World Health Organization's endorsement, GSK will move forward with distributing millions of doses. Speaking of vaccines that impact young people, Pfizer has advanced an application to the FDA for emergency use authorization to utilize their COVID-19 vaccine in children 5 to 12 years old. Currently, the vaccine is approved for individuals 16 plus and has emergency use authorization for children 12 to 15. This latest advance comes on the back of significant additional data from Pfizer's ongoing clinical trials. Generally, emergency use authorization is anticipated sometime in November, though the FDA could push back and ask for additional data. The White House is also out to combat COVID this week, but through a string of significant investments into testing. Broad and early testing are critical to controlling any pandemic. This latest move sees $1 billion moving to at-home testing companies to increase their testing pipeline. With the pandemic slowly transitioning to the next phase, rapid and available testing is seen as a necessary step. Intergalactic Therapeutics launched this week with $75 million Series A to develop non-viral gene therapy technologies. Based on their announcement, it sounds like they're basically electroporating circular DNA into humans. DNA derived from bacteria are, of course, circular, and they've been used for years in animal studies. In the case of intergalactic, they're using non-bacterial-derived DNA, but with the same circular structure, and probably some other special sauce to drive long-term stability. The delivery system, called Comet, sounds like glorified electroporation. I use this technique extensively in graduate school. It involves first injecting some circular DNA near the desired tissue and then pulsing electricity across the region. The electric field pokes tiny, temporary holes into cells and draws the DNA in. Cells that uptake the DNA can then produce proteins. This can be an excellent technique for places where targeted delivery may be required, whether it's tissue-specific modifications or even tumor-based oncology. I'm not sure which direction in the galaxy they're headed, but Intergalactic does have Michael Ellers, the former CSO for neuroscience at Pfizer, at the helm. In a crowded market of nanotechnology and viral vector delivery systems, Intergalactic has a unique approach. It'll be interesting to see if their Comet system provides the reproducibility and precision needed for human therapies. Speaking of going intergalactic, Starship Voyager just got a second shot at life. A second chance is not common in the biotech startup space. You make one run to warp speed or you crash. 
Voyager Therapeutics has beaten the odds with a new deal worth up to $630 million from Pfizer. Once a rising star with a promising Parkinson's and Huntington's treatment, Voyager hit major snags and an FDA hold for odd MRI images in their Parkinson's study. Then, their $1.8 billion partnership deal fell through as Neurocrine dropped out. All of this led to a long decline in stocks from close to $30 a share in 2019 down to just $2.47 last Tuesday. But Pfizer has stepped in and licensed two AAV vectors for $20 million in cash and up to $600 million in milestones. As we mentioned in the previous story, AAV and nanotechnology delivery systems have been hot commodities the last couple of years as hundreds of companies search for the safest and most effective mechanism for delivery of the burgeoning gene therapy market. Voyager has decided that if they can't transform Parkinson's, maybe they can be the best AAV technology company. Thanks for joining me on The Niche Podcast, your weekly summary of the top news in the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. You can learn more at thenichepod.com or find us on your favorite podcast app. Like, comment, subscribe, and most of all, share with your friends. If you like what you hear, please rate and review. It really helps us. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson. I'll see you next week. Thank you.